Hey, Yiga. Hey, Ryan. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Pretty good. Um, you know, they sent me a headshot of you, and you had a full beard, and I was all like stoked about it. And now <laughs> look, you look at you look like ten years younger. Yeah, that that beard uh, went away a little bit ago. Oh, that's right. I, I thought loved maybe it, was... but the wife didn't. So uh, you know, happy wife, happy life. What's up, everyone? This is Ryan Wolt. Welcome to the Cheers North County podcast presented by the Coast News Group. Today, I'm having a beer with Yiga Miyashiro. For the past seven years, he's been the director of brewing operations at St. Archer Brewing Company. Before that, he began his career at Port Brewing Lost Abbey and then worked his way up through the ranks at Pizza Port. Yiga and I talk about the St. Archer research and development program putting out small batches of beer, the importance and value of mentorship in the brewing industry, and how they've maintained their scrappy vibe. And if you're a listening hospital worker or first responder, know that you get half off all of your beer at both St. Archer Tasting Rooms, and they're donating $1 to the United States Bartenders Guild for every case of to-go beer sold at the tasting rooms. I picked up a case myself from their walk-up window in Lucadia just this week. We'll get to our conversation in a moment. But first, a reminder that the Coast News has been your leading local voice bringing North County, San Diego, the news of the neighborhood for over 34 years. Independent news outlets are becoming more important than ever. If you'd like to show your support, consider becoming a monthly donor. Just click the support button on our podcast homepage at thecoastnews.com. And now, it's time for the show. I appreciate you joining me today. Um, You got a beer over there? I do, yeah. Got a Hoppy Pilsner. Oh, it's my favorite Uh, of yours. We just have this come off the the pilot system. This used to actually be a year-round beer for us, but people didn't want to buy it. Once they started drinking it, they loved it, but we couldn't get it into enough people's hands. This is one of the uh, like little uh, pet projects that whenever we have lager yeast in-house and some tank space, I'm like, hey, put this in a tank so we can drink it. You've been with St. Archer for what, like six, seven years? Seven years, yeah. Now, yeah, seven years. So I started, uh, was it June 2013? We had beer in the market for two months, or St. Archer had, and th- th- they needed someone with my kind of background and, and, and you know, my skill set. And so I came on board, and kind of the story that I, I tell is when I started, we had three fermenters, and now we have. 44 fermenters and we've replaced pretty much every single piece of equipment in the building except for a hot liquor tank 160 barrel fermenter and one glycol chiller and we've either broken it and replaced it replaced it or ripped it out and and upgraded so it's been kind of a a crazy little ride yeah almost a amount of time i mean a lot of people i'm sure remember that when you guys sold there was a lot of local neighborhood backlash maybe at first but it didn't necessarily feel that way in the industry so much i think a lot of more it was it felt more like people were like oh good for them you know maybe we wouldn't have done that or maybe would have but cool but since then uh since san archer sold to miller coors you've been kind of a mainstay since then there's a few of you but a lot of people have changed what was the vibe like kind of back then when you started and we're like a little scrappy group to now where you're I mean, you're nationwide. You can get. I get text messages from people who drink your beer in Pittsburgh or Wisconsin, or yeah. So, I mean, we still have that 
that scrappy bit because so so the nationwide piece of ours is obviously we're owned by Molson Coors and part of that is we did a project we've done a, a project to grow the brand where it's St. Archer Gold and so that's the one brand that's nationwide but everything else that we're producing is all produced out of the brewery here so we're still it's kind of like we have like two entities I guess for the majority of where our time and effort goes to it's what's being done here in San Diego. And so, you know, our staff has obviously grown a little bit as we've gotten uh, a little bit larger, but we, you know, we still, you know, half our staff lives in OB and like, you know, cruise to pizza port when they could cruise to pizza port. And, you know, you know, we're, we're dotted all about San Diego. Um, so like, you know, our, our soul and our heart and our, and our, our base is still here in San Diego and, and, you know, all the, you know, IPA, hazy IPA, tropical IPA, all the IPAs in the world that we're producing. And then obviously like, you know, we have the two taste rooms and everything like that, that we supply out of, out of our San Diego location. Sure. So, and, and because of that, like we still really act very independently with all, with all those decisions and all those beers that are being made, you know, Molson Coors is really, they're there as like, as like grandpa for like when you're about to do something really stupid, you know, you kind of be like, Hey grandpa, like, should I be doing this? And they're like, well, son, you know what? I remember when I was your age and like, this might be something that could happen. So, but they're not like in our business every single day or anything like that. They, they have no dictation over like recipes that we're producing or, you know, how we run the business in, in the back way. Like, none of the creative side, and on a sales front, I feel they really complement, you know, the the sales team. We kind of speak to different different groups, you know, like your average uh, craft beer drinker isn't out there crushing a twelve pack of Coors Light. You no, know? I mean, well, sometimes we are. But. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> I saw a uh, an airplane drive by. I'm up here in, in Carlsbad, and they an airplane pulls a sign with a Coors Light sign on it across the beach every day uh, on weekends, yeah. and I. Every time I see it, I get thirsty for water, and then I go, like, who who sees that airplane go by and goes, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to buy some Coors Light. Yeah. <laughs> but somebody I must. They have the Coors Light with them. Yeah. <laughs> They're thinking that, you know. Uh, you mentioned uh, R&D earlier and, and kind of local stuff. What are you guys working on uh, in your research and development, and how does something go from, like, an idea there and research to a beer that is out on the marketplace? Yeah, so – our R&D brewer, Greg Garrity, he has free reign to just have fun, do what he wants. Um, he's He has the, the two taste rooms really as outlets. So we have location down in Locadia and the one at our brewery here. And, and the the two, they mimic each other's tap list for the most part. Obviously, there's you know beers on deck that if one pops, it'll go on before the other one might have it. So there, there's a slight difference of, of offerings by one or two beers, but... That's just usually in you know a couple of days difference. So he, he really has free reign to kind of do whatever he wants, have fun. Um, you know, it just has to be high quality product is is kind of the the rules and and all the grown stuff of like, hey, we really need you to I don't know work on another IPA recipe, but that that's not really ever happening because it's usually like, hey, here's twelve. We'll then look at for like how it grows up. We, we look at well, what is it doing in the taste room? Also very importantly is like, well, what do the employees say? You know, cause if, if we don't want to drink it, we don't want to make it. And then 
and then we're really fortunate is the the way we designed the R&D systems, it scales up to the big system really well. So we'll do a couple batches on the small system. It's a, it's a five barrel system. Um, we can do five barrel, we can double batch and we have 10 barrel tanks. And then if it's doing well, then we'll do a draft only run on the big system and we can do a 40, about a 40 barrel system, 40 barrel batches, the smallest we can come out of there. And then we'll just do all drafts, see how it goes. And if everyone's still stoked, then we will ramp it up to do 120 to 400 barrels, you know, go in cans and, and have all that kind of fun. I don't understand like the math and the quantity stuff. I think I glaze over a lot, but at the same time, like it sounds, oh, sorry, no, no, that's okay. Like, uh, I'm just saying that because it sounds like even as you're describing it, it's more simple than that. It's just, we make something, we try it, you know, a bunch of us dig it. We take the next step and see if more people like it. We put it in the tasting room, see if the neighbors like it. And it just kind of grows from there. I mean, it sounds, I think, much more simple than I think a lot of us envision it on the outside. Yeah, yeah, it, it is truly. I mean, it, something that we're coming out at the end of this year is, you got a train coming by? Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> Mo- Mosey 7. And so this was, uh, kind of, it's an IPA with, uh, Mosaic and Idaho 7 Hops. And it was something that was kind of, get out of my words a little bit, but, um, yeah, no problem. We make a, a mosaic double IPA, and so it kind of inspired that because we all want to drink it, but we can't be drinking nine half percent beers all the time. So it was kind of like, okay, well, let's brew something a little bit, a little bit lighter, but still has all those flavors that we're looking after. And so we brewed it for our seventh anniversary, and it was the first time that we put it into a, a can coming out of the R and D series, and it just blew blew out. And we had to brew, brew another batch just for draft, like right away, because the demand was so much and it was just kind of like a no-brainer you know yeah. for, for that one it's like okay you know what we love this liquid the consumer obviously is showing that they want this liquid like let, let's go get our work going and and so i think in a month or two we're going to have that coming off in like actual six packs so, so. yeah i that mosaic that mosaic double is definitely a dangerous beer because it doesn't drink like it's you know a higher alcohol beer at all i've certainly gotten in trouble with it at a few camping trips or events Hey everyone, we'll be right back with the second half of my conversation with Yiga, but first, some words about one of our sponsors. And now, back to the show. I was reading earlier, Oh yeah. I do about 10 minutes of research, and I was reading an interview you did with All About Beer, in which you referred to our mutual friend Greg Peters, now Juneshine, as a mentor. And I'm wondering yeah. if you stand by that, and more importantly, why are industry mentors important and now that you've been doing this and kind of in your role as director of brewing operations, have you taken on that role for anybody? And, and how does that transition work? I mean, where do you find that value? So, yeah, I guess Greg will always be a, a mentor in some way. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we've got a really fun relationship. You know, we've known each other for over 10 years where I've worked for him. He's worked for me. We've been at the same level. We're, we're all over the place. We help each other out. We, we hurt each other. We help each other. We're, uh, you know, we're a great, uh, he's a great guy. And, you know, it, it's, it's a great partnership to have in the sense of a friend, a colleague. And I don't disagree like with you that he's a great guy. It's just the word mentor really struck me when I read it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, I, I wish there was a way to paint the picture for whoever's listening to this, of who <laughs> Greg Peters is. Cause 
I'll, I'll figure out a way. Maybe I'll link to some photos I have or something. But but I think more importantly is have you kind of stepped into the role of mentor for people and and why does why does mentorship in the brewing industry you know seem so pervasive and important? I mean, as you advance. Yeah, I like to think I have. Um, you know, I'll let the individuals decide whether or not I was a mentor to them. Um, but I definitely believe in in helping build individuals careers you know i mean brewing is one of the very i think unique industries that you can come from it from a million different angles and and i like to say there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat and and i don't feel there's necessarily a best way and so um you can go down the education route you can go down you know just getting your foot in the door and working your way up or or, or all the above and you know, that's something that I, I'm really proud of what we do here at St. Archer is and, and what I was brought in from my beer career is bringing people up from the bottom, hiring from within and training them as much as possible, giving them giving them opportunities, giving them a voice to actions and a space where it's OK to ask questions and and help them become better at what they do. So I, I, I hope I've been a mentor. Um, I think that's like my mindset and what I want to be doing for, you know, anyone that, that I cross paths with, especially for any employees that we have, because I think that's an important thing for me. I, I have looked at a lot of people that I've, I hope I've helped in their careers. And, and I mean, the thing is, like, it's our responsibility to train and build the next generation of great brewers so that they can train, you know, the generation after them and, and really continue elevating our craft because in, in the United States, it's, it's very young in the scheme of things and we've definitely elevated it. But if we just kind of rest on, Oh, well, we've gotten to this point, we're going to get stagnant. We're going to get passed by and beer won't be relevant anymore. So I think we need to continue pushing the quality and, and the flavor profiles of, of what we're able to produce and, and also just continue fostering awesome people, you know, cause this is a, a great industry and, you know, say it's like 99% asshole free and, you know, so let's, let's continue that on and give people a reason to make sure that stays true. Oh yeah. But that 1%, they're real loud. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know uh, everyone's got one. What about you? What about you personally? I mean, outside of beer, where can people find you? What do you do? What do you like to do? Did you, I mean, you're a native San Diegan. Like, did you ever think about leaving? Did the beer industry ever try to pull you away? Yeah. Um, I mean, I love traveling, but I always love coming home. So I've never thought too hard about leaving San Diego. I've got family here and, you know, it's one of the best places on earth. I feel I, for a minute when me and my wife were, uh, uh, honeymooning in Hawaii, I was kind of being like, okay, well, how can we make this work? But I don't know, you know, you're on vacation and Island fever could probably set in pretty, pretty hard. Yeah. Um, we almost moved to Barcelona once. Uh, yeah. I mean, until we got on the plane and started doing the math and being like, yeah, that would be real, be a different world. <laughs> but yeah, vacation, vacation dreams are different than real dreams. Exactly. So, um, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of open to adventure, but I think for now, you know, San Diego's kind of, I've, I've definitely laid roots here pretty hard and, you know, I am from here and nowhere else has really made me want to move. And, and, and also what I do, I surf. So, I'm in the water as much as I can. I love camping and, and just being outside. And I don't really like being cold. You know, I mean, I like snowboarding, but <laughs> like, but that's like go snowboard and then go to the lodge and have a beer where it's nice and yeah. warm. Like, 
I don't think I'm one who wants to shovel snow every every morning to get to work. No, it's uh, controlling how, when you're cold is important. You know, I, I grew up in Wisconsin, my wife as well, and, and we talk about leaving San Diego, but every year that we're here, we've been here, this is our, we're going into our seventh year, it gets more and more difficult. And so now we spend a week snowboarding in the winter, you know, we meet family somewhere or whatever we do, and and that's great, but I know that at the end of the week, I'm coming back here and I'm going to complain about it being 65 degrees. Yeah, you have to put a light sweater on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you know, that first year we were out here, I would see people in like jackets and hats in the winter and I'd be wearing shorts and be like, what's wrong with you? And then the second year I had a hoodie on and the third year, you know, your blood thins out real fast. <laughs> yep, uh, yep. You got a Patagonia, you know, puffer jacket on. <laughs> I might, yeah, I might. And a stocking cap probably too. <laughs> Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Is there anything else we should know about what St. Archer is doing? I mean, things that we're really excited about here on the floor is is what we put a lot of effort into the R and D series and or the R and D system and, and, and releasing an R and D series of beers. So before it had been draft only, but obviously COVID kind of has pushed uh, more of a to go option, and so we're doing sixteen ounce four packs. A lot of the fun stuff that's going off coming off of that system. And, you know, that that's something that's just fun that we were doing, but not as easy to kind of spread out. And, you know, like a growler, a crowler is fun, but it only lasts so long in your fridge. And this is a nice way to share with more people and, and just have it stay higher quality, which is, you know, what we're we're pushing to make sure our beer, you know, hits everyone's hands the best way possible. So, you know, and, th- and that's something you can find at both the tasting rooms. And so yeah. that's probably the, the biggest thing right now that we're really excited about. And plus all those beers if they really take off, then they, they grow to something bigger. So, yeah. And really the only places to get that is here in San Diego. I mean, that's not something people are going to find elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately right now that's only here in San Diego. Um, you know, we have the Mosey seven, which is a new IPA that we're going to be releasing this fall. So that's going to be, we're distributing with our normal craft beer. And then just to kind of get a, a spice of life type thing, we've got a whole IPA variety pack coming out. So you kind of get a taste of everything. In, in that package and that's coming out um actually something that's pretty fun is uh we just released our journey series ipa it's got this awesome awesome shot of yosemite on it and if anyone's able to find that even just to go peek at the packaging it's, it's pretty beautiful and i'm really stoked on the liquid so <laughs> that's the added, added bonus well it's always important that you're soaked on it so you get cheers i really appreciate you coming on and spending 20 minutes with me and uh i hope you yeah. enjoy that beer of yours thank you thanks for having me yeah you bet man a big thank you to Yiga for joining the show. It was great to catch up with him, and if you'd like to try some of the new St. Archer R&D brews, including their 7th anniversary IPA, Mozzie 7, or their variation on the Black is Beautiful collaboration, a blend of barrel-aged stout, fresh stout, and pale ale, you can find them at their Miramar and Lucadia tasting rooms, which are open for takeaway 7 days a week. Or go online to starcherbrewery.com to set up a local delivery. That's all for this episode of the Cheers Podcast. In the next show, I virtually meet up with some of the team from the Escondido Creek Conservancy to find out how their nonprofit efforts have been impacted by the pandemic. And be sure to go check out each Cheers North County column in your weekly Coast newspaper or go online to thecoastnews.com. This show and all of the Coast News podcasts can be found anywhere you listen to great podcasts, including on the new show directory right on thecoastnews.com. Just click on podcasts at the top of the page. This episode of the Cheers North County podcast was produced and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. Jordan Ingram is my editor-in-chief. The Coast News associate publisher is Chris Kidd, 
and our publisher is Jim Kidd. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be well, stay healthy and sane, and keep living the dream. Cheers, everyone.